Bethel, and uh, we've brought um, about 30 young saints, so those are that's our team, and then Jordan DeMarco brought about 30 BSSM students. So we kind of just collided trips, which was awesome, and there's 60 of us crazy people that John Ash is trying to take everywhere, and it's the best. And watching John try to wrangle us up is my favorite thing this far this week. <laughs> Every time he's like, we're going to go. And I, I know like five or six of us are in the bathroom. And I'm just like, yeah, John, we're not leaving. But it's really funny. He tries like really hard to get us going. He's probably the fastest moving man I've ever met in my life. Wow. I was not prepared for the energy that he has. I loved it. I never, I did not think I would see so much of Northern Ireland as we have seen. I was like, oh my gosh, I need like, yeah. People are like, what'd you do Wednesday? I'm like, I can't even remember the day because I, we're just going. It's amazing. Anyway, so a little bit about me. Um, I uh, have a beautiful wife. We've been married almost 12 years now, which is really fun. I uh, got married back in 2011. I have three beautiful little girls um, they are, one is almost seven actually in a month, a four and a half year old, and then a little two year old that all three are just so strong, so gusto. Um, my third has even more gusto. I was like, me and my wife, we had our first two and I was like, wow, we, we produce intense gusto filled children. And we're like, for sure the third one is going to be like, like a little less gusto? No, 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 no. That third one came and she is like, I will be heard. I will be seen. I am the baby. And uh, it's amazing. We have a lot of fun. Um, our house is, is wild. It's been really funny because if you're a parent, you know, you don't know any you know, parents. You know, okay, young kids. Uh, yeah, You don't sleep through the night. So being here, I've had like five or six hours of uninterrupted sleep. I like am consecutively feeling rested every day. <laughs> Because normally I would be up at least two or three times in a night, even if it's not to get out of bed. One of them cries, you hear it, you're like, I don't know, it's that parent instinct. So it's actually been really nice. I've slept through the night for 12 consecutive days. <laughs> it's great. I know when I get home, my wife's going to be like, and now it's your turn, tag, you're it, but it's good. Uh, anyway, so we're going to... Um, Pray, and I'm going to go after something, and then we're going to take some time at the end to minister and just um, have a, an opportunity for our team to pray for people. Uh, we've been seeing so many amazing um, healings, miracles. One that just was so cool was um, one of our students and young saints um, was down at Bangor. I don't even remember the day. I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday? Okay, so he was out on the streets. He gets t um, Him and his team get two words of knowledge for this guy um, for healing. They pray for him. He gets healed in both space, um, areas. I think one was his back. I can't remember the other one. Um, gets really shocked by this, obviously. Does not um, believe in Jesus or anything. Was like, what, what are you doing? And this guy was like, hey, you should come to Bangor, um, the place we went to that night. The guy showed up. He was like, wow, this is crazy. And this student goes, hey, Journey Church is actually in Antrim is having a youth conference. You should come. And all of a sudden, on Saturday midday, at lunch while we're all eating, this guy just shows up to the church. And he was like looking for Samuel, who's our, our guy. And Samuel's like, hey, you're here. And um, he's like, yeah, I, I only have 30 minutes. I'm on a lunch break. I thought I would just drive to find out. Samuel starts prophesying, gets a few um, people to start prophesying over this guy, leads him to Jesus. And this guy goes, I can't believe you can hear God. Can you? And, and does this thing. He goes, can you 
I just want to know that you can hear God. Get my middle name. And, and Samuel goes, what? And he goes, I, I just want to know, like, if you actually can hear God, get my middle name. And so Samuel closes his eyes and sees a picture on a page of a book he's reading. And he's reading a book that has King Louis in it, but it's spelled Lewis. And he's like, is your middle name Lewis? And the guy freaked. And it was his middle name. And uh, so cool. So Samuel then invited him down to the banger service today. Was so excited to like and telling our team to introduce him to the Holy Spirit. So fun to see how God is moving. And also Samuel had prayed the guy had cutting scars. That was one of the things Samuel said all over his arms. Samuel said, we're going to pray that your cutting scars get removed. They prayed. The guy goes, I don't want to check it. This was on Wednesday. On Saturday, the guy came in and showed his arms and said, I don't know what happened, but all the cutting scars have disappeared since you prayed. So cool. So fun. This is what we get to do. This is Jesus, and he is living and active and alive, and it has been so fun to be here. So many testimonies. Oh, my gosh. Just such a rich history of Jesus and the gospel in Northern Ireland. It's amazing. We're going to pray, and then we're going to dive into something. So, Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for this church. We thank you for uh, the hearts, the minds, the spirits of this place that uh, are so awakened to your presence. Uh, We thank you for the richness of history that's in this place, in this church, in this family. We just bless it. We invite you in, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So today I want to talk about um, something that I, I, I kind of have a few themes in my life that I go after. If you ever notice, God will speak to you in like themes that you're just like, wow, I picked that up. And for me, encounters are a big theme that I go after, um, encounters with God and, and their effects on my life, what they do to us, how do we respond to them, and why is it so important to go after them? encounters, and how they specifically affect our heart, and how do we keep a heart of flesh? There's a a verse in Ezekiel, I'll read, I'm going to read a few different verses to start. There's a verse in Ezekiel, um, it's 1119, this will kind of set us up, and, and it is the Lord saying through the prophet Ezekiel to the nation of Israel, and I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them. And I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. And it's kind of like this prophetic call that it gets released. That is the first time we are like really seeing that the Lord is about to give a new spirit to humans, like the Holy Spirit, that there would actually be a new spirit, a new way that we could actually go from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh being born again, right? Being made new. Uh, you can tell, like, how many guys, there's this um, land is very, um, has so much religion, but it can blind you from that relationship with Jesus. This is the heart of stone. It's like, it can blind you because stone, you can hit it and you don't feel anything. You can try to move it. It's really heavy. It's very weighty. Heart of flesh, though, you feel. You're tender. You can feel the presence of God. How do we keep this heart of flesh going, though? Because that's the key. How many guys know life sometimes throws, throws stuff? Anybody else have life throw stuff? One of the things, I'm an American. You haven't probably already guessed by this really, really strong American accent that I have where I pronounce my A's like ah. I don't know why. But as an American, can, right there, uh, I love, you can be loud. 
So if you're like, be loud. I also have three little girls that are very, very alive. Very, very loud. So I can work through it and I love it. And I shoot back. So if you're ever like, yeah, let's go. That's it. Um, but anyway, so this heart of flesh, how do, we, how do we maintain a heart of flesh? Because, well, you know, life can sometimes, all the time, consistently, <laughs> throw curveballs. And you're like, oh, no. I was feeling so good. <laughs> and it's usually after really amazing moments that you're like, why was this so amazing? And the next week, wow, not that great. Okay, so I'm going to read another verse, and then we're gonna, I'm going to share some stories, and we're going to dive into something uh, of, of what I feel is so pivotal in, in its stewarding encounters with God and how encounters actually take you on a journey. And if you follow the path of that journey, man, you end wh what the Lord had for that encounter. He's like, hey, this encounter I'm going to give you, there is a reason. But a lot of people will get an encounter, and, and there's two roads you can take. And if you take a different road, you end up in, in a place that you're like, man, how did I get here? How have I encountered God, but now I'm over here? So there's this uh, verse in Hebrews. This will be the second verse I read, and then we're going to share some stories. It's Hebrews 3, 7 through 15. It says, therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me as in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my, my works for 40 years. So they, now this is New Testament. So therefore, there is an, a, the ability to actually harden our hearts in the New Testament. So even though Ezekiel said that there would be a way to actually turn the hearts of stone to flesh, in the New Testament, there is a way that we can actually revert back to a hardness of heart. This is crazy. Because you want to go, no, the moment the heart's awakened, that's it. I'm good. But there's actually a way to go back to a hardened heart and miss what God is doing. We'll continue reading. Therefore, I was angry with this generation and said they always go astray in their heart, and they do not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brethren, that there not be any of you, any one of you, an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold fast the beginning of our assurance... Firm until the end, while it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. Isn't this crazy? So today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For me, whenever I think about encounters, like when I'm thinking about, man, when I use the word encounters, how many of you guys use that word, like we're encountering God, right? I imagine this moment that goes, I am meeting with God. There's something happening that God and me are connecting. Whether that be I feel his presence, whether that be I'm manifesting, whether it be I see a healing, a miracle, a sign, a wonder, I hear his voice. Every moment that God is near to me is an encounter. So a lot of times if we, if we start rating encounters, we actually become very, we can easily slip into a dissatisfaction and almost a, oh, man, today wasn't as good in the presence of God. Man, today I just didn't quite feel the same thing I felt when I got prayed for, and I'm, I'm now just seeking after getting that, that thing again where I'm like shaking radically. And, and the Lord is actually so wise that he comes in in multiple ways to go, is your heart tender enough that if I come one way or another way, do you still respond? So if I blast you 
with a holy fire and lightnings of God and you go flying across the room and you're shaking for two hours or if I whisper something in your ear, do you respond the same? This is the tenderness of heart. If we start raiding encounters, we actually will miss something that the Lord's inviting us into, this relationship that every day he is actually wanting to commune with us. Every day. That's why Hebrews says, as long as it is today, encourage one another's. As long as it is today, meaning this, every day we will have an opportunity set before us to engage in what God is saying and speaking over us or to resist what God is saying and speaking over us. As long as it is called today, encourage one another to not go down the path of an unbelieving heart. So we have to ask, how do we do this? Because honestly, I have three children, so I, I get it. I work. They don't always sleep. <laughs> Sometimes they're sick. If you have ever had sick kids, you get to the end of that week and you're like, oh my gosh, can I have a vacation? How do I, how do I do this? You know, and I have three, so one gets sick, then the next, you know, and then it just, and you're whole, and you're like, oh my gosh. Ah. So easy to let life uh, overwhelm and sometimes make you want to just hide and go, God, I don't even know if I can feel you. I don't even know if I want to. I just want to hide. And the Lord is saying, as long as it's called today, do not harden your hearts. When you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. He's always speaking. He's always communing with his people. This is what he does. Every morning, there's new mercies. That means there's something new available every morning that God wants to give to his people. This is manna in the desert. Every morning, there was the provision. Every morning, Israel got to, to either lean into it or complain about it every morning. I mean, this is wild. So God is calling us into this place. I want to share a story because I've noticed as God is speaking to us, and even for me, every time I have significant moments in my life, there's always a journey, whether it be a short one for a day, one for a month, one for a year, one for five years. There's multiple times, and depending on the significance of the word or encounter is then what journey you're about to be launched in. When I was uh, 20 or 19 years old, I moved to a city or a state in America called Utah. And in Utah, I had heard the Lord speak to me that I was supposed to follow these two pastors. He said, you know, I haven't called you to Utah. I haven't called you to the church in Utah, but I've called you to serve um, this man and woman named Tom and Leslie. And I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm in. And so I was in Utah for two years, and then they moved to Redding, California. And I was like, I'm supposed to move with you. And I get all these words, I'm feeling God, and it's amazing. I'm 21 years old, and I'm moving to Bethel Church. I was like, how is this happening? I'm 21, I'm moving to California. God is so good. I can feel the breath of God. Anybody ever have like encounters where you're like, I am going the right direction? God is good. I know it, right? Okay, I'm feeling that. I'm like, this is awesome. We get to California, and all of a sudden I find myself in the scenario where I am living in this house because I could only find one place of housing because Redding, California, especially at this time in 2010, had so little housing and so many people. And I moved in October when school had already started. There's a lot of colleges. And so there is nothing available. I find one room and it takes me four weeks to find a room available in a house. 
I was like, what is this city? Where did I just move to? You know, like, I'm like, so I'm sleeping at this random person's house that I've never met for four weeks because they just opened their home because they found out I was trying to find it. And I'm like, can I just pay you? They did not want me to live in their house. And I was like, okay, I get it. I finally find this home and I'm like, oh God, for sure. Like, oh, you told me to take the risk. You said to go, like, I'm here. I'm excited. This is amazing. I get into the house. It's about November. So we move in October of 2010. It's November. I finally move into my room. And the um, woman that owns this house goes, man, I'm so excited you're 21. You're going to be a great influence on my 21-year-old son. And I think to myself, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, I'm not trying to become an influence on your child. I just wanted a room to stay. And she was like, no, no, no. You guys have, you know, you share the bathroom, back-to-back rooms. It'll be awesome. And I'm like, awesome. Okay. By the time Christmas comes, I start noticing the things happening in my house where I'm like, I bring food in, put it in the fridge, and like within a day, like a whole grocery run that I've done is gone, like eaten, gone. I'm like, what is happening? Like, I, I literally bought this. Like, I got off work late, so I'd like go shopping at like 11:30 p.m. I'm not married yet, right? So you go shopping late, weird hours. I'm put the, all this in the fridge. By the next morning, gone. I'm like, what is going on? Like, and this kid was like. Her son was being really odd, and I was like, I don't know what's happening with him. So a month goes by, I start only buying dry food, and I, I keep it in my car, in my trunk. Like, I'm literally living out of, like, cans and dry foods, because I'm like, I can't buy any more fresh food, because when I buy any groceries that have to be in the fridge, gone, like, eaten. And so I'm kind of, like, trying to figure this out. I'm like, who is, like, I don't think anybody's coming to our house. I don't know what. I've asked her. I've asked her son. They're like, no, no. We don't take it. I'm like, well, somebody's taking my food. Like, I don't know what's going on, but somebody is eating my food. And she's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm living in a crazy house. Like, I don't know how to get out of this house. And so one night, there's this weekend comes, it's in December, and she tells me, she goes, um, hey, by the way, uh, my, my son will be out of town this weekend. I'm going out of town this weekend. You have the house to yourself. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay. I'm thinking, I can buy food. I have been eating macaroni and cheese that I just make you know, that's just dry in those little containers. Like, that's what I was eating. And then canned beans. And so I'm like, okay, this is great. So I finally, I, I come home. I've worked all day. It's 11 o'clock. And I think this is my first night. They're all both supposed to be gone. And I drive into my driveway. And I realize, I'm like, why is there, wow, there are, there's like 15 people in my front yard. And it's late. It's like 1130. Why I kept going in the house, I was so tired and I, yeah, have you ever been so tired that you miss the signs of run, run, run? You're just so tired. You just don't think about it. Missed all the signs. I walk in and I'm like, I, I kind of pull into the driveway. I'm looking around. I'm thinking, nobody should be in my house. Why I got out, I don't know. I was so tired. I was like, I just want to go to bed. Why are these people in my house? I turn the car off and they're all looking at me. And I realize, oh my gosh, they're selling drugs. I'm watching them, like handing, in America, like, it happens, there's drug houses, and it's clicking. Why I keep going in this house, to this day, I don't know. My sister got so mad at me when she found out. She was like, what were you thinking? I was like, I was so tired. I wasn't thinking. I was so tired. So I, I watched them, and they're handing money, and they're doing drugs, like right in front of our house. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm thinking, I just got to get inside, and then I can figure out what I'm going to do. Why? I don't know. I walk into the house, and my roommate that's supposed to be gone meets me. It's very high comes, eyes are bloodshot, and he yells at me. He's like, did you take my weed? Yelling at me. 
And I'm like, it's like 1130 at night. I'm like, what? And he has this big black trench coat on. He's so angry. There's all these people that are very dirty in our house. Like our house is packed. And there's the massive dogs that are not clean. And I'm like, what is happening? And I walk in and I like beeline. I said, no, I didn't take your weed. Please don't talk to me. And I just walked to my room. I shut my door just to realize there's no lock. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? I've never noticed there was no lock until that moment. I'm like, oh my God, I can't lock my door. And I'm like, crap, now I'm in the house and I can't get out. And there's all these people and the house smells so bad. And I'm like, God, what is going on? And I have this moment where I just like, has anybody ever spiraled into the pit of despair? Okay, have you ever done that? All of a sudden you're just like, you start questioning everything about your life. You're like, God, I followed you. I came. I thought I heard what you said to me. How did I end up in a house of people that are doing drugs and are yelling at me? And oh my gosh, okay? And I realize, I'm like, and if they come in, I don't, like, what am I going to do? Like, there are so many. There's probably 25 people at, our, at this house. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I'm, I'm sitting there and the guy knocks on my door and, and I had gone to Israel on a missions trip and bought a shofar. It's the only thing I had. And so I thought, if this guy comes in, I grab this shofar. I have, I mean, shofars, they are strong. They are mighty. I wrapped it around my arm. I'm like, I am going to hit this guy so hard in the head with the back of this shofar if he comes in here. So I have it in my arm. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hey, just, just want to let you know I found my weed. I'm like, great. So glad. He's like, okay, cool, man. I'm like, okay, bye. I'm like, ah. And I put the shofar down and I just, I lose it. I just start spiraling. I'm like, God, what is happening? Where are you? Why does it feel like you're not coming through? Why does it feel like all I want to do now is just like, like crumble under this thing that says I'm a victim? I missed it. God, where are you? And as I'm doing this, I hear this voice in my head say this thing, God is faithful. And somebody, one of my um, leaders that had been in my life for a few years at that point always would tell me that, Rory, God is so faithful. He is faithful. He can't help but being faithful. And I hear her voice say, God is faithful. And of course, that's not like the answer I want. You know, when you're like really deep in it, you're like, that's not the thing I want. But there was, I, I'm, I'm sitting there in my room. I'm like, what do I do? And I hear this thing, God is faithful. And I'm like, you're right. And I was like, God, I repent. I repent for letting my circumstances start to define who you are. Because I started questioning. I was like, God, God, I don't think that you are for me. I don't think that you're faithful. I don't think you're good. How did you lead me here? Do I even hear? I'm like spiraling. And I said, I repent for letting circumstances determine who you are. And I stood up, and all of a sudden, this guy starts blaring, blaring rap music. Really, really bad. No, I don't mind rap music, but it was like a, it was like a really bad. I'm not going to say what the lyrics were. It was very bad, like dark, dark, not just like cussing, like dark, um, descriptive what was happening in the song. Blaring in our house, and I go, I'm just going to worship. And I just started worshiping my heart out. I picked a song, and I started jumping up and down in my room, and I was singing it as loud as I could in the midst of chaos happening. 
from that moment, something shifted and instantly everything changed in my life. It like propelled me into something. It was like the first moment where I had this word and encounter in Utah that led me to California. Something came against it, but I was able to find God. I was able to find him and it launched me. There's a story in the Bible very similar to this and something I've been looking into to go, there's kind of a cycle that happens or a journey when we have an encounter with God. Happens to everyone. And as I say this, you're probably going to go, oh my gosh, this has happened to me. Wow. And the more significant an encounter is, meaning this, whether it be the, the bigger the encounter is or whether it be a destiny encounter, meaning it is, is part of your legacy, your destiny, your, your family launching, something about it is like the Lord is saying, this is over your life, you will feel a greater resistance. So there's a story in the Bible. It's in 1 Kings 18 and 19. I'm going to just briefly share it because I want to have time to pray for everybody and minister, but I'll briefly share it. And it's where Elijah goes to Israel and Israel is, is in a crazy time. They are worshiping the Baals. They are going wild. And Elijah has this moment on Mount Carmel, right? First Kings 18. And he calls all of Israel to the mountain. And he says, today, today, choose this day whom, who you will serve. And all of a sudden, there's like 450 Baal prophets. And he says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have two ox, oxen. You pick yours, I'll take the other one. We're going to make two altars. The God who answers by fire, he is the Lord. And all of a sudden, these 450 Baal prophets, they take their oxen and they work at it. They create this altar. They're doing sacrifices. They're cutting themselves. They're bleeding. They, I mean, it is like a whole showdown. And it lasts all day. And Elijah's like, hey, is your God asleep? Did he go on vacation? What happened? Where is he? And they're all the more going at it, and nothing's happening. And Elijah says, okay, it's my turn. He goes. He makes the altar of the Lord. He puts the oxen on it. He drenches it with water. He lifts his hands up. He prays, and God answers by fire. Fire consumes the altar, the stones, the liquid, everything. Right? And he slays the prophets of Baal, and all of Israel knows there's a God in Israel. This is a crazy moment. Big encounter. Big encounter moment. Fire falling from heaven in front of everybody when you pray, wow. Big moment. The next, the next moment. <laughs> so big encounter. God is real. You would think you would have this like God is real moment, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, if you all of a sudden were like, there was a standoff, and you're at your work, and they're like, God's not real, and you're like, yeah, well, watch this, and you pray something, and it happens, you're like, that's right, a lot of faith, a lot of faith. The next verse in 1 Kings 19.1, Jezebel, who was the queen in Israel, Ahab's wife, hears that Elijah has killed all of her prophets, and she's angry, and she sends word to Elijah and says, let it be done to me that it was done, like it was done to all my prophets if I do not kill you by evening. Big, powerful woman. Big, powerful threat. A lot of resistance. See, every time there's this 
encounter with God, 100% of the time, you'll know it's God because something very quickly will feel the opposite. Very quickly, you will have a moment. Some of you guys have been getting absolutely wrecked this week. And it's like, God is real. God knows me. He sees me. There will, be, there will come something that will resist it. The greater the resistance, the, the greater you realize that word, it was actually destiny. This encounter that happened was actually supposed to reveal something about Jesus that I have to recognize, I have to lean into. And the, the enemy is actually trying to get me to be distracted by resistance. And it works for Elijah. Elijah then freaks out. If you continue in chapter 19, he freaks out and he takes off running. Fear grips him. He has this powerful moment with God encounter. One woman says, I'm going to kill you. And instantly he's running. And the resistance, he took flight. But this next part is probably the most important part of the, the story. And it's where a lot of people get, this is where the road splits and you get to decide. So that people have encounters, people meet resistance, that's the same. The next step is the decision that affects, do I find God or does my heart start getting hardened? This next step. Elijah then is found. He's running, running, running. He's so tired, he sleeps. An angel wakes him up, feeds him. Really cool story. We'll bypass it, but you can read it on your own. It's pretty wild. But he ends up at the mountain of the Lord, right? And in, on this mountain, he has this crazy encounter. He's in a cave, and he's alone. So he has this encounter with God. He meets resistance. He's found alone. He's found this place. And God comes to him, and it says three crazy things start happening. All of a sudden, there's a crazy wind outside of the cave, and it's like, oh, God's not in the wind. There's an earthquake, and he's like, oh, God's not in the earthquake. There's even fire, which is weird because God answered by fire. So you would think Elijah might have gone, no, that's God. Like just a few days before, it was the God of fire that he encountered. And now all of a sudden fire shows up and he's like, nope, this isn't him. This is important because sometimes an encounter leads you to something else that if you look for the same thing, you'll miss what God's doing. This is why it's so important. If all of a sudden you get blasted with joy, laid out on the floor for three hours, the next week God's like, I want to whisper. And if you're like, I want flashing crazy lights, bah, we miss it. It says, then there's this still small voice, and Elijah knew it was the Lord. And the Lord speaks to Elijah, right? And Elijah has this intimate moment that resets him, and the Lord sends him back. And this is when Elijah picks up Elisha. The next chapters is right away as Elijah goes back, he anoints the next king, and he gets his next part of his journey. Now you're supposed to raise up another prophet, Elisha. So important. Encounters, this is kind of a cycle. You'll start catching it. You're like, man, every time I have an encounter with God, I'm going to meet some form of resistance. That resistance is going to try to get me to not go to the secret place to go, God, who are you? God, I want to know you. That then leads to the next step of like, oh, God, you still have a purpose for me outside of the resistance. Sometimes, though, in that space, 
if we don't run to the secret place in God with resistance and we go to a place of complaining, we become like Israel in the desert. They encountered God. They were met with resistance, but they didn't lean in to get to know God's ways. That was what Hebrews said, right? Today, don't harden your hearts because you didn't know my ways. You didn't know who I was. Israel chose not to lean in. And because of that, what did it lead them to? Disappointment and unbelief, a hardness of heart. Unbelief is the hardness of heart when we stop believing. And the Lord is calling us in this moment to go, there's about to be a radical release of encounters that come over Northern Ireland. Radical encounters coming. The more encounters come, the more responsibility we have to keep our hearts tender towards the encounter and go, where is this leading me? It needs to lead to a revelation of Jesus. It needs to lead me through the resistance into the secret place to hear the voice of God, to know who he is, to keep me on my journey. Otherwise, I start comparing, complaining, and get disappointed. And then I find myself, man, last year I was wrecked. This year, I don't even know if I really believe in this whole God thing. Encounters reveal the nature of God. They actually take us into an intimacy with him. They take us to intimacy. If they don't, they take us to disappointment. And I want to encourage you, as Journey Church and Down Patrick, where you guys are going after crazy radical encounters, and there's about to be so many more released and so many more wild things, let every encounter take you deeper into a revelation of who God is deeper into a revelation of his nature and his ways, new standards. For me that day, when I was sitting in my bed with all that chaos around me, I learned something. God, you are faithful. I'm not going to question the journey anymore. I'm not going to complain if I meet a little resistance. And what's crazy is the moment I understood who God was, the trajectory radically shifted. All of a sudden, new opportunities for housing came up, new job, new things, like everything started shifting. So much more financial, everything shifted in a revelation of, I was like, oh, and I actually am so thankful that I had that moment. I'm thankful for the resistance that led me to a place of surrender and revelatory knowledge to go, God, you are faithful. I will not question it now. There's the new standard. When you, if you need a financial blessing and God comes through, the next time you need a financial blessing, you get to go down the road of, I already know who God is, and I'm going to find him again. I don't go back to, oh my gosh, God, what do I do? Ah! I go, no, 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 you already came through once. This is who you are. You're going to come through again. And the way we do that is to keep the heart of flesh, a tenderness, Every day that says, I will not let unbelief enter my heart. I will keep a heart of flesh. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to pray for us, but then I'm also going to have some of our team come up. Is that okay? We can do that. We got 12 funny, and then we'll just pray for people. Um, so Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much. We thank you for what you're doing in Journey Church down Patrick. We thank you, God, for the salvations, the miracles, the signs and wonders, the encounters, the explosions of your spirit that are going to manifest in greater ways in this next season of Journey Church. Father, we thank you for what you are stirring over this city. 
and what you're stirring already in this beautiful people. And Father, we just thank you that you have created the ability to know you, to know your ways, that our hearts would stay tender towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I'm going to do. I would like to have, um, we're going to do some prophetic words, and then we'll just pray for everyone. Is that okay? Um, Can I have Savannah come up here? Um, Can I have Daniel and Anna? Um, And then, uh, Kelsey, who do you want to call up? Two other people. Okay, you guys can come on up here. It's just always fun while we're here to prophesy over people, to release encounters. (gasps) And now we'll know the road that we take. Is this all good? Okay. So um, you guys can do anything from words of knowledge to prophetic words. I don't care. And then we'll just end with some worship and we'll pray for people. Um, Yeah. If you want to come up and start playing. I I like piano in the background. It's pretty. (laughs) We don't need it, but it's pretty. It's nice. It's like, ah. Um, Anyways, let me know when you guys have a word. Yeah? Do you have one? Oh, Savannah's ready. She's like... Hi guys. Um, so I got a like a green traffic light, and it was kind of fun because it was the ones that I've been seeing in Ireland, not like American traffic lights. So that's, um, <laughs> um, and I just really saw like you guys sitting in your car, and it's like you're ready to go, and it's like you think it's a red light, and you're just like expectant and waiting for it to turn green. I feel like God's telling you that that light is green, and He wants you to take that step forward and push the gas and just go for it. Um, You're just, like, expecting for something to happen, but it's already happened, and all you have to do is take that step forward. Um, And then I also got something for, um, like, ringing in the ear, like, maybe from, like, an explosion or from, like, war. I don't know. But any ear issues, I want to pray over that, too. So um, if anyone has ringing in their ear or if they feel like they're stuck... Is there anybody else? And, and that could even include, like, if you have a ringing in your ears or if you're like, man, my ears, I don't hear as well, and I have some deafness in ears, you can stand up, too. That would be great. Um, and then what we're going to do is if you're um, part of team, we're going to just do this in phases. So um, we're, I'm going to have Savannah pray, but can I have the different people that are not standing up here that are part of our team go to one of these people? We're just going to release healing, and Savannah's going to pray. Um, We'll make sure everybody has somebody. Can you guys, one of you go over there, and then you can come back up. Just one of you go over there. And one of you go all the way to the back. Um, Yeah, Anna, go to the back. Lauren, you can go with her. That's fine. Oh, and then this little boy. You can bring him up front. Come on, buddy. Savannah's going to pray for you. And then, uh, yeah. So we're just going to take a moment.